Welcome to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. This podcast tackles the hottest topics for the European accountancy profession. Get your need-to-know update from Brussels. So we just heard about how accountants are playing a very important role for SMEs in helping them manage the, the coronavirus crisis. But we also heard that the accountancy profession is facing challenges at the same time and that uh, Accountancy Europe's role in this crisis is to guide the profession and to give the profession advice and signs about what they can expect during the this uncertain period. So I'm very happy to welcome our next guest. I am Hilde Blommer and I am the Deputy Chief Executive of Accountancy Europe. We know it's still early days and the debate is still evolving and different uh, initiatives are coming out on a, on a daily basis almost. But can you please tell me what uh, the coronavirus crisis, COVID-19, what will it mean for accountants? Indeed, we could first uh, focus on accountants and especially what it means for accounting and reporting. And for the year-end December 2019, normally the impact has been not to change the financial statements because there was not really an event uh, before the year end. But the later that a company publishes the financial statements, the more likely it is they will need to make disclosures and be transparent on what the impact of the coronavirus pandemic could be for them. However, if we look ahead and we look at uh, the current year, the year 2020, it is clear that that will have an impact on a lot of companies. Not all. If you're in the food industry, now if you're in the pharma industry, maybe things go very well for you now, but for most other companies that is not the case. So most companies will need to review in addition to whether they are still a going concern, whether you know they will be able to continue to be in business for at least the coming year. They will need to look at all their accounts which are subject to judgment and estimation uncertainty. And you know, if I give a few examples of that, for instance, if you think about revenue recognition, if you think about inventories, if you think about your property plant and equipment, if you look at your investment, so a lot of the assets that are on the books of a company might actually need to be estimated. There is not a exact value that you can determine and they might be even asset, uh, in, uh, there might be an asset impairment Um, A lot of those assets are also based on fair value measurements and it might be very difficult to assess what the fair value actually at the very moment you are assessing it is. So uh, that is going to be uh, very challenging for companies, but they will need to focus on it because it is not because we are in this crisis that they can bypass the rules or that they can um, uh, try to have an alleviation for the rules. That is not what we we see will be possible. And all those things they need to do because, first of all, they need to give that appropriate information to their shareholders and to the wider public when they report. But also a lot of companies, they have loans and they have covenants that are related to that and uh, they have to do as 
proper calculations as possible in order to see whether they breach covenants towards their banks, if they have some onerous contract provisions they need to take. So those are the type of things they will have to look at. And we should not underestimate how difficult this is because there is a lot of uncertainty. There is a lot of information about the near future that is completely unknown. So that's going to be a huge challenge. But there is an expectation that this still needs to be done. The best companies can cope with it. We've never been in a situation like this before where the economy has stopped but not stopped and people are having to resort to contingency plans uh, if they have them in place and otherwise very quickly adapt to a situation that that nobody had really envisioned up until now and i think it's interesting that you make the point about how supermarkets and pharmacies they're doing fine they'll have a great quarter but then almost every other business will have to look at what on the books seems to be a dramatic drop in in their business. And then accountants also have to weave these normally very negative looking results into the context of the coronavirus crisis. And I think there are broader examples of mortgage holidays or, or forgiving certain debts for a matter of time as they realize that, pe- that people can't pay. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what kind of contingencies have been put in place that accountants can incorporate in this in this reporting period. Well, obviously, accountants will work with their clients to help them in the first place to use the the, the government relief and government aid measures that have uh, been put in place in their national jurisdiction, but then also to see how they positively impact some of those estimates or some of those impairments that they otherwise would need uh, to take if uh, there wouldn't not have been any of those measures. And and especially, for instance, related to a particular standard that became applicable for banks in 2018. It is called IFRS 9 on financial instruments, and there are expected credit loss assessments that need to be made. It's very technical, but uh, there are three stages. and. If you would not take into account the government relief measures that have been proposed in most countries, then you would go from the current normal stage one to stage two, which means that you actually have to take uh, losses over the whole uh, period of the outstanding loan and implement them, which would mean that a bank would need to take huge uh, provisions for those expected credit losses. And with the government relief, uh, that might not uh, immediately be uh, triggered because the government relief should be seen as a measure that is only indicating a temporary glitch in clients or companies uh, not being able to repay their loan. It's not something that you should see as definitive. And there was some guidance issued by ESMA and by EBA, which uh, was actually quite helpful to point this out. So uh, that was not originally uh, envisioned maybe in the standard, but accountants can help by looking into this and helping and explaining to companies how they they can uh, actually uh, avoid those triggers to put them at least on the books into a very bad and unsustainable situation. Relief needs to not affect the competitiveness of businesses and that's something that where there is a bit of 
a risk at the moment that businesses take these temporary alleviations and and become dependent on them. So payroll and tax relief can um, actually help businesses become uh, less competitive in the downstream because it's just a postponement for for fees they generally have to pay. So that government plans and uh, contingencies need to be strategic in such a way that helps businesses stay competitive while staying afloat. So it's a very complex issue and I'm sure um, many accountants are struggling with how to give the right advice to clients to help them move forward during a period that is definitely not uh, business as usual. But we spent a lot of time talking about accountants. Let's move on to auditors. They also have a very interesting job to do here um, because I'm sure auditing this period as well, you will need to examine where and how the coronavirus impacts versus um, what would the books look like anyway, and to also put that discrepancy in context of what, what a business is doing. So could you tell us more about how the auditors will be incorporating the changes uh, and what do we know so far? Because I know it's an evolving area and we will learn uh, more as, as the crisis evolves. First of all, for auditors, as actually for accountants and for companies, there are practical implications uh, because there might be um, travel bans, there might be access restrictions, and doing an audit of a company, it involves actually being at your audited uh, company and having access to all their uh, books and records and also having physically access to their company and to their personnel, which might be very difficult now. Uh, but obviously technology helps and there is a lot that can be done based on technology and uh, and remote access and digital means. And uh, also, for instance, having access to the accounts of the company remotely is a possibility. But still, if an auditor does his work, he is supposed to have a sufficient appropriate evidence. And that might uh, be a challenge to get in physical means uh, nowadays. Also, an auditor will need to assess uh, any material uh, uncertainties that uh, are related to the business of the companies that they audit. And uh, that is very important because if the uncertainty is so enormous, there might be going concern issues. So that could mean that a company is no longer in the possibility to continue their business for the coming 12 months from the, the date they close their financials or from the date they issue publicly their financial statements. So the assessment of the going concern will be crucial for the company, especially in 2020. Now, what is very important around this is that the auditor uh, makes sure uh, that the company, the client, actually makes the appropriate disclosures, that they are transparent about the situation. There is uncertainty. Nobody can predict the future for sure, and definitely not now, but you can make disclosures. You can be transparent about what you know and also what you do not know, because for auditors, also the standards that we we otherwise use continue to be applicable, and so we are supposed to use them. All of this has an impact on what we call the outcome or the output of an audit, and that is the auditor's report and especially the auditor's opinion included in the auditor's report. So the auditor will need to assess uh, whatever information 
and audit evidence he could gather and whatever he could actually not gather, looking at the disclosures made by the company and he will have to assess what impact does this have on my report. And if uh, there is no impact, there is no impact, that's fine. But for instance, uh, when there are significant uncertainties, he might decide to, to have an emphasis of matter paragraph to emphasize what the company has said about their uncertainties. He might also uh, need to decide that actually the disclosures made by the company are inadequate and he might therefore have to qualify his opinion or even give an adverse opinion or in the area or in the situation when there is a scope limitation because of limitation of access because of, for instance, the stock take couldn't uh, be done because normally an auditor is required to attend the stock take and to, to audit that. He might need to give a qualified opinion or a disclaimer of opinion, meaning I cannot give an opinion because I do not have the evidence. I wasn't able to do my work, basically. So um, those type of changes to the opinion are normally not so commonplace in regular times they are existing there are qualifications there are adverse opinions there are uh, emphasis of matter but they might become or they might need to become much more prevalent now in the current situation but um, those type of paragraphs uh, could often in normal times at least trigger actually unintended consequences like if in uh, normal circumstances you indicate significant uncertainties related to the going concern of a company uh, that might always or almost always trigger that the company effectively goes bankrupt. So as an auditor, you have to be uh, very cognizant of that and, and see how you can do this and how you approach this. Uh, so it needs to try to give as much current and as good information as possible to investors and, and shareholders and other stakeholders so that whatever they have to make as decisions related to the company, they can make on an as informed basis as possible. That is what it comes down to. I was thinking a little bit further about how it seems to me that although times are very uncertain and although governments are coming out with new policies, but they're also at the same time extending how long lockdowns will continue. It seems to me that the accountant's role right now and the advice that we're saying to both accountants and auditors is that your role right now is, is to use your best advice, to use your best judgment at this time to respond to your client needs and also to the audit reporting needs. Keep abreast two things as they emerge and keep doing what you're doing. Am I, am I hearing you correctly? It could come down to that, but it's obviously also the case that uh, within our profession and within uh, professional institutes, there is a lot of discussion as to how we can actually help, how we can guide companies and actually auditors through this. So that is why actually Accountants Europe has started to uh, make resources available to the profession and more widely. And in, on the 20th of March, we issued a publication on the coronavirus crisis and its implications on reporting and auditing. And what we have also started to do is to have an Accounts Europe hub with a lot of information on reporting, on auditing, but also on the wider uh, matters related to the coronavirus crisis on government aid and relief from actually our member bodies, from 
audit and accountancy firms and from regulators. And we bring this together because there is an enormous need for people to actually have guidance to see how others deal with the issues that they also have. And in, in this very difficult period, we believe that it is very important to, to share best practice, to share guidance, to share knowledge. Bringing it back a little bit now, I think we, we touched base on possibly some examples that you were thinking to give on how um, auditors can deal with the reporting requirements in this time. Well, maybe one example, uh, and it's something that is quite important. Normally, when you're an auditor and your client has an inventory, has, has stock, then there is a requirement that you have to physically then attend any stock take they do at a, a date on which they will close their financial statements. And in the current situation, that might be nearly impossible to do. And you could, as an auditor, immediately decide and, well, okay, I couldn't attend the stock take, so this is a scope limitation, so I have to give an adverse opinion or a, or a disclaimer of opinion. But actually, there are also alternative procedures that you can consider as an auditor. For instance, you can consider, is the inventory, is it material? Maybe it's not so material, and maybe there is no need to say, yes, I should have attended this stock take. You can also consider, is there a perpetual inventory system? Because then it means at any point in time, you can determine based on that system what the value of the inventory is. You can look at the internal controls around that perpetual inventory system. Previously, have you looked at them? Were they good? Were they not so good? If there were any errors in a previous stock take or otherwise, have they been satisfactory? actually have they satisfactorily been uh, adjusted uh, or if there were in the past very few errors may see, maybe it means that the perpetual inventory system is actually very good and you could put reliance on that so you have alternatives and you still get to have the audit evidence that you can have and you can use it to actually uh, instead of immediately going to the worst case type of opinion to uh, work towards potentially still giving giving that client a clean opinion, as we say. It allows accountants to have a toolbox. Uh, I'm a big fan of giving the, the auditors um, a variety of different options. Often, if you are an auditor who has a client that you cannot attend physically and you're at a loss of how to get the stock taking done, it's really great to think of other resources. And I think that's also a, a role that Accountancy Europe can play in providing these alternatives and making them more widely available uh, among our network, our members' networks. Now, time for the fun part. I like this part. Let's think about the future. Let's think about what we can expect for the crisis. How long do you, do we think things are going to change? And my, my favorite question in this period is, post-coronavirus, will we see some structural change, uh, do you think? I mean, from, from my perspective, I can definitely see a, a post-coronavirus uh, world where the work world and how it's structured can can begin to to loosen up, maybe education as well. There are lots of opportunities here for us to, to rethink the way we do things. From your perspective and looking at the accountancy profession, what you see in this period, if you were to, to speculate uh, a little bit about uh, the post-coronavirus world and outcomes from this period, uh, what, what do you think might uh, come about? 
Well, speculation is uh, a very difficult thing to do. Nobody has a crystal ball, but I think there is short-term, medium-term and long-term. And, and, and some people, they say, well, we still haven't fully uh, worked through the consequences of the financial crisis from more than 10 years ago now. So there is definitely going to be uh, a long-term and definitely then even more so a medium-term and a short-term range of consequences to this. We might actually change a lot of uh, things that we thought were current, uh, currently or before the crisis that were, were commonplace in how we work and also how we see we work with clients. Again, technology might uh, become much more important and much, much more used and, and maybe rightly so. We, in the short term, though, we think we will potentially see more guidance uh, emerge to how we could, in a more alternative way, uh, do things and, and think about things. And we see a, a number of emerging topics coming up in this respect, also related to reporting and auditing. So that is why we're now working on, on having a number of fact sheets where we bring some of those subject matters together, like, for instance, on impairments, on those expected credit losses. How actually can uh, we deal with that? And, and that might be something uh, that's going to continue to be more useful in the future because we might have more of those pandemics. And for auditing, uh, we will focus on really the impact on the audit report and the audit opinion, because that's where auditors do struggle most and might continue to struggle most, because even though the health implications might wear off over the few coming months, hopefully so, uh, as far as the impact that this will have on the business of clients and then how this is going to be translated in their reporting is expected to last much longer for definitely the rest of the year, but well into one or more years to come. So as we work through that, as more insights become available, we, we could expect that these will be used in the standards, the, the, the guidance we have, but potentially also in legislation and regulation. And for the moment, uh, we, we see quite some cooperation between uh, our profession, between regulators and, uh, and legislators in order to make things work as smooth as we can see in the circumstances. So we hope to continue to see that in the future. I'm sure everybody's aware of the aerial photographs that have been taken over China and you see this cloud of pollution and CO2 emissions and then it disappears. You see the same thing in Italy. You see the same thing in the UK. Now that we have this added knowledge about the environmental footprint that we are saving in this time, do you think there will be a ramped up effort to measure this environmental footprint that this time has has allowed us to see very concretely disappears do you think like the non-financial information that side of the reporting do you do you see that also um gaining in significance well i hope so when uh, we talk about uh, the whole sustainability agenda I think the climate-related consequences and the, the dramatic drop in pollution is very welcome. If this going to be, to be sustained once things get back to normal, let's hope so. Hopefully we have learned that we don't have to get onto a plane for uh, whatever uh, meeting there is, but that we can do it remotely. But let's see, uh, habits uh, might not change that dramatically. 
in the sustainability agenda, though, uh, the discussions have now actually uh, really started to focus on the S of the ESG, environmentally reporting and governance uh, matters, and the discussions on what impact does this have on social matters, on employee matters, on those type of things. There is potentially going to be a much more attention in addition to the environmental and the climate matters. And that's something that uh, we see slowly but surely emerge. And that uh, might actually be a good thing because the social aspects of the ESG agenda were a bit under emphasized and they weren't really focused on. And that might change in the future. Well, that's a positive note to end things on. So thank you very much for your time today. And um, you've given us a lot of food for thought. And hopefully we'll all be um, back to maybe not business as usual, but a better business as usual um, soon. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Because People Count the Accountancy Europe podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting apps. Get in touch. We are at AccountancyEU on Twitter, and you can contact me at andrea at accountancyeurope.eu. This podcast is presented and edited by Andrea Campbell with help from Elida Nijar. Our music is Fearless First by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. See you next time, because people count.